up next on Walking by Faith. Jesus has a present day ministry. The book of Hebrews tells us that he ever lives to make intercession for us. In the book of Matthew, Jesus made this statement, I will build my church. Right now, Jesus is making intercession for us. Jesus is building the church, but there is a third part to his ministry. And here we find it, John the Baptist said, he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hello, I want to welcome you to Walking by Faith, and I am so glad that you're with us today. You know, so often Christians, we think about Jesus and we think, boy, if I could have just been there when Jesus fed the 5,000, when he healed the multitude, when he walked on the water, so many things we would like to see without recognizing that Jesus still has a present day ministry. The Bible tells us he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus himself said, I will build my church. And he is building the church. But there is a third ministry of Jesus. John the Baptist tells us that he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to look today at part of Jesus' ministry, specifically that part where he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I'd like you to come with me right now as we go into this lesson right as it begins. These series always grow on me. I thought maybe that we'd be doing like six parts and how many, what number we're on and we're not even but like about halfway through. Now, Jesus died at Passover. 50 days later is Pentecost. Both Pentecost and uh, Passover are one of the seven Jewish feasts. All right? Now, on Pentecost, the church is born and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is given. So we're going to take a look at this. Now, I want to just remind you, even back in the Old Testament, King David said, your spirit is good. And Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus said, it's to our advantage that he leave and he send the Holy Spirit. Send the helper. Other translations say the comforter. Now, it's amazing to me how today a lot of Christians are very standoffish when it comes to the Holy Spirit. They're nervous. And I understand why. Because the Holy Spirit has been blamed for a lot of crazy stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he is, he is telling people don't do stuff, and they say he made me do it. All right? He gets blamed for stuff that he did not do. All right. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John the Baptist makes a prophecy. And this is what he says. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandal I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Jesus' ministry is not over. Jesus has a present-day ministry. The book of Hebrews tells us that he ever lives to make intercession for us. In the book of Matthew, Jesus made this statement, I will build my church. Right now, Jesus is making intercession for us. Jesus is building the church, but there is a third part to his ministry. And here we find it. John the Baptist said, he, Jesus, 
will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has risen from the dead. And the Bible tells us he spends 40 days with his disciples. And during that time, he's talking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. All right? And as he's doing that, this is what he says in verse 4. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is telling them, I have something for you. It is this baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he calls it also the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, two ways to say the exact same experience, right? And that's important, and it'll come to light in just a little bit. But he says, you wait until you receive this. Don't leave the city limits without this. You need this baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said, but you shall receive power. The Greek word is dunamis. We get our word dynamite from that word. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me. Right? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the end of the earth. Right? Now this is after a 40-day period after Jesus has risen from the dead. And he says, you need to wait for the promise of the Father because you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But immediately when Jesus arose from the dead, he appears to 11 of the disciples that are there. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, Thomas is not there. And he appears and he says to the disciples, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to ask you a question. When Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit and breathed on them, did they receive the Holy Spirit? This is, I'm going to help you. Okay, they did, right? But yet later Jesus says to them, hey, don't leave Jerusalem because you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So having the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and being baptized with the Holy Spirit are two separate and different experiences for the disciples. They did not happen at the same time. In fact, Jesus has breathed on them. But now in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mush rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided or cloven tongues as of fire, set upon each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here's my thesis. That when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you. That is automatic. But you are not automatically baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's living inside you. But yet Jesus said to disciples who had received the Holy Spirit, you wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He said, you wait for the promise of the Father because you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can love God, worship God, serve God, and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can go to heaven and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. However, Jesus, the head of the church, wants to empower you to be a witness, right? 
that really the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about helping others. It's about being a witness for Jesus. So when a person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit is inside them, every Christian. But that doesn't mean that they have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the example I would use. It's one thing to take a drink of water, and it's another thing to go swimming in water. Right? Literally, when you receive salvation, the Holy Spirit is inside you. It's like a drink of water. Right? But Jesus said to be baptized. That word baptized literally means to immerse. That's what it means, to immerse. Right? So let's take a look in our Bible, in the New Testament, and see what happened as we, as we watch people. Now, let me remind you that Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He said, you need to ask. He expected people to ask. And when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, there's thousands of people there. And they said, what do we need to do? He said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. What promise? The promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to you, to your children, to as many as are afar off, as many as the Lord your God shall call. I was reading a Reinhardt Bonnke book with Jeannie a while back, and he said this about this. He says, he said, it is not just for the disciples alone, an elite band. Peter said otherwise. He said, the promise is to you, to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord your God shall call. He quotes the promise from Joel 2.28, where God said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Right? This is not just something that just happened on the day of Pentecost. It is something that you find is a part of the normal Christian experience all through the book of Acts. Remember, Jude, verse 3, to contend earnestly for the faith that was delivered once for all. Once for all. Right? There should not be a difference between what happened in the first century, what happens in the 21st century. So, in Acts chapter 8, we find one of the deacons in the church of Jerusalem by the name of Philip. He goes down to the city of Samaria, and the Bible said he preached Christ to them. The multitude of one accord, heeding the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in that city. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip's preaching... The things concerning the kingdom of God, same thing Jesus preached, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So Philip preaches, and the people believe, and they're baptized. Now, Jesus said in Mark 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. These are saved people, all right? Now, verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, and in just case you're wondering, are they really saved? Well, the Bible says that when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. So Peter and John ought to know. Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, even the word of God that lives and endures forever. 
So we got two testimonies, Jesus' testimony and Peter's testimony. They're saved. So the apostles at Jerusalem hear that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon none or any of them. Only they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we got a whole town of people who get saved and baptized, but the Holy Spirit has not yet fallen upon any, none, nobody. In fact, all the apostles in Jerusalem here, Samaria has received the word of God, and they sent Peter and John to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't send them to get them saved so that they'd go to heaven, so they'd receive eternal life. No, they sent them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? And then the Bible says that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So here what we see has happened. First of all, they believe, they're water baptized, they're saved. Then Jerusalem hears, they send Peter and John, they pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now that's a, that's a good illustration of what happens most of the time. Now we find Paul, who was not Paul yet, his name was Saul. He was persecuting the church. He's on his way to Damascus. He's going to arrest the Christians that he can find there, bring them back to Jerusalem and have them punished. And on his way, he sees a vision of Jesus. And he says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. He's trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and it will be told you what you must do. So he goes in the city. For three days, three nights, the Bible says he's fasting and he's praying. And it says that there was a certain disciple. This guy is not an apostle. He's not a pastor. He's just a disciple named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street that's called Straight. And inquire of the house of Judas, for one saw of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. So Ananias went his way. He entered into the house. He laid his hands on him and said to him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Was the Holy Spirit already in him? Yes, he was saved. But there was more that God wanted for him to receive, right? Then we look in Acts chapter 19. It says that in the first verse, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Since you believed. At salvation, it's automatic. But there is more. Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And they said, we have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We went to the same church as Dwayne. <laughs> How many of you went to a church you hardly heard anything about the Holy Spirit? I mean, we knew the Holy Spirit existed because we quoted the Apostles' Creed. But other than that, we just didn't hear much of anything about the Holy Spirit. They said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. He said to them, how were you baptized? 
Now, how many of you know when you get baptized, you ought to at least hear about the Holy Spirit? Because we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we ought to at least hear about him. All right. So Paul says, how then were you baptized? And they said, well, we were just baptized into John's baptism. And Paul said, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul has laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, again, first they believe, then Paul lays hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. There are five instances in the New Testament, right, where people receive the Holy Spirit. In one case, at Cornelius' house, they get saved and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues all at the same time. But in the other four cases, or 80% of the time, it happens after they believe, after they've been baptized. Right? So the norm is that it happens after. And again, Jesus said that we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Now somebody says, well, you know, I've, I've heard about that tongue stuff and I just don't get it. You know, I don't understand that. Well, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. And no one understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, first of all, it says that if the person is speaking in tongues, that they're talking to God. Right? Now, how many of you know what that, that it's always good to talk to God? Right? And we call that prayer, by the way. That's why it's usually referred to as a prayer language. Right? And notice it says nobody understands them. Somebody said to me, I don't understand. I said, well, quit eavesdropping. They're not talking to you. You're, you're not supposed to understand. All right? Because this is a private conversation. It's just them and God. It says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. It literally means to build yourself up. They tell us, that, of course, the, the New Testament was originally written in Koine Greek. And they tell us if we had somebody who spoke Koine Greek and they got up in a cold January morning, went out to their car, put the key in the ignition and turned it and had that terrible sound. How many of you have ever had that tick, 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 tick? Heard that, right? You know what has to happen. You need to charge your battery. You know what they would say? I need to edify my battery. That is the Greek word that's used there. In other words, when you pray in tongues, it builds you, you up spiritually, all right? It says in Jude, but you, beloved, praying in the Holy Spirit, building up your most holy faith. In 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says, but if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays by the Holy Spirit within me. So when, when a person is praying in tongues, listen, the Bible says that it's your spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit praying. Right? Now, that's different. Normally, we pray with our mind. Right? But how many of you know that sometimes your mind is messed up? You know, we, we pray those prayers like, you know, Lord, bless me, my wife, our son, his wife, us four, no more, Acts 2-4. You know, that's, that's kind of our, like our prayers, you know. But you don't pray any selfish prayers when you're praying in tongues because it's the Holy Spirit through your spirit that's praying. And notice it says your mind is unfruitful, King James, unproductive, amplified. In other words, it, this is like a Holy Ghost bypass operation. He says, you got so many problems in your head, we're just going to skip your head. 
All right? The Holy Spirit is going to help your spirit get right down to the will of God on this situation. All right? Now, um, let, me, let me just close with a little story. In 19, this is a long story. This is my first closing, all right? In 1980, Jeannie and I are missionaries. We're living in Mexico. We're living in Guadalajara. But I get an invitation from Pastor Samuel Noguera to go and preach at his church in Tepeapulco, Hidalgo. It's a little south of Mexico City, maybe 60, 70 miles south. Now, this is the most Pentecostal church I have ever seen in my life. All right? The church is painted purple. And it's got tongues of fire all the way around the top. Right? And I get invited to come on Pentecost Sunday morning, 1980, right, for the upper room service. Now, they didn't tell me, but the whole church has been praying for three days for that service, praying and fasting for three days. Right? So I get there, and this place is packed already. Right? Now, i got to tell you a little bit about this church. Right? There's a set of pews about like this set right here. And then there's an identical set over on the other side of the main aisle. There's an aisle on each side and one aisle up the middle. All the women sit on this side. And all the men sit on this side. And never in church do they cross. Never. This is it. Men on one side, women on the other side. Now, in addition to that, all of the women wear a head covering. You know, the Bible talks about head coverings. But let me just help you here. It says that your hair is given to you as a covering. All right? That's what it says there. So, but they take it to an extreme. And, and they've got, all of them wear like this little thing over their head. All right? And you say, why do they do that? Well, it means they're in submission. So I'm sitting up there. And the back door opens and a man comes in, which was not unusual. But behind him, there's a woman. And he finds, and literally he squeezes in on the men's side. And she squeezes in right next to him on the men's side. And she did not have a head covering on. And she wore pants. So I knew immediately, this is a sinner woman. <laughs> she, had not, she had not been to any church like this ever in her life. All right. But the reason I remember all this is because the moment she sat down, she just begins to sob. She is just sobbing. Now, later she told me, she said, I was on my way to work this morning. She says, I'm a hairdresser. She says, I'm standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus. He said, and I don't know what happened, but she said, something just came all over me. And I just started to cry. And I said, God, my life is a mess. She said, my family is a mess. She says, I'm so depressed. I just want to kill myself. And I don't know what to do. And she says, God, just help me. Show me what to do. She opens her eyes, and the guy standing next to her has got a black book. And on the back it says, Santa Biblia, Holy Bible. And she said right there, she says, I just decided wherever he was going, I was going with him. I know she's not saved. So she can't receive the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. If she received the Holy Spirit, she'd blow up. That's what I think. Now, I'm going to hold that one, all right? But yeah, you can't be not saved and receive the Holy Spirit. I think you blow up. But so, so tricky fellow that I am, all right? What I did was I led everybody in a sinner's prayer. And then I led them in the prayer that Jesus gives us in Luke chapter 11, where 
He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will not your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So let everybody ask for the Holy Spirit. I said, now I'm going to lay hands on you, and when I do, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I said, and if you sense anything, you just begin to speak. Just begin to speak. You speak that language, whatever it is. So she lifts her hands. I said, receive the Holy Spirit. I laid hands on her. Immediately, she, her hands are up. She starts speaking in tongues as loud as she could. Then everybody, I mean everybody in the church, jumped to their feet, threw their hands in the air, and everybody starts speaking in tongues as loud as they could. And one of the elders runs up, and he's crying. And he said, I am praying for people, and they are receiving the Holy Spirit. I said, good, get back down there. In fact, go over on this side, you know. <laughs> and he says, no, you do not understand. He said, I have been a Christian for 30 years, but I have been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit for 30 years, and I've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm praying for people, and they're receiving. Well, let me just say, that's proof of one thing, that no man baptizes in the Holy Spirit. But John the Baptist said that he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, I knew immediately what his problem was. He was trying to earn the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible calls it the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know salvation is also a gift? And you don't get good enough to get saved. I was going to pray for him and lay hands on him, but I didn't even get to. All right? He just begins to speak out in this beautiful language, heavenly language. If you're not where you should be with God, you say, I, I know I need to get right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I don't know if I'm forgiven. I need forgiveness. I want to invite you right now to bow your head, to pray this prayer from your heart. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. Thank you for forgiving me, making me a new person on the inside, a part of your family forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that short prayer, you are right with God and on your way to heaven. I want to send you a book that I wrote free of charge. It's going to help you keep growing spiritually. All you need to do is get a hold of us. All the information is right there on your screen. I want to thank you for being with us. God bless you. In Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, If any two of you agree concerning a matter on earth, it shall be done for you. We believe that God acts powerfully when we come to him in prayer. Please call now to let us know of your prayer requests so we can begin praying for you. Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives across the world. We would love to hear from you. If you have a story about how God has used these broadcasts to touch your life, please email us at yourstory at walkingbyfaith.com.
www.walkingbyfaith.tv. Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith, 5120 Ivan Rest Avenue Southwest, Granville, Michigan, 49418.